Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you are well. I don't know where Josh is. I think he's maybe having some sort of powwow with green screen Jeff Snyder. But uh, anyway, waiting for him, taking too long. Let's get on with the video. So breaking news, the Bank of England just came out and announced they have taken massive losses on their bond portfolio. And I'm guessing they could go, not that they go bust, but they could have negative equity. They could be insolvent. Uh, if the Fed is insolvent, which they technically are, uh, why can't the Bank of England go be insolvent? But there is a big difference here. So if the Fed goes insolvent, well, they just have this accounting gimmick called a, um, what is it? A deferred asset I believe. And that just reduces the liability side of their balance sheet. So everything balances out, but it looks like the bank of England does not have that. So they need to basically pillage their treasury and therefore their government would have to sell, sell more guilt, which could impact that supply demand imbalance and make the interest rates long into their curve continue to skyrocket. So th this is a big deal. Let's get into this title. The Bank of England is facing major losses on its bond purchases, and it's set to get much worse. Key talking points, Bank of England loses on bond bought to shore up the UK. So basically when they're doing QE, as you guys know from watching my videos, what are they doing? They're just creating bank reserves and they're purchasing those uh, gilts, or in the United States, it would be treasuries, and those treasuries become an asset on their balance sheet. Uh, but if those gilts or treasuries, if the interest rate goes up, then the value goes down. And uh, that's, I think, what they're referring to here. Let's keep reading. So in late July, the Bank of England estimated it would require the UK Treasury. So this is what's different. The way I understand things, I've done a lot of research on how the plumbing works in the United States. The United States, although the Treasury would technically be on the hook, they wouldn't go into the TGA and take the funds out. They would just do that accounting gimmick that we uh, that we uh, discussed earlier called a deferred asset, meaning that, oh, by the way, Treasury, you owe us XYZ dollars in the future. You don't have to pay us now, but we're going to book that as an asset. Therefore, it's going to offset our liabilities to where everything balances out. That's how it's done in the United States. But like I said, like it's a lot different in the UK, and that could have serious consequences above and beyond the Bank of England just technically being insolvent, negative equity, or being bust, if you will. Sanja Raja, senior economist at Deutsche, says the cost to Treasury, the 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 uh, the UK Treasury, to of indemnifying the APF losses over the next two fiscal years will be around twenty three billion higher than the office for budget responsibility forecast in March. So I don't know how they could have screwed this up or not forecasted an appropriate number, but basically they just didn't think that the Bank of England would increase interest rates as much as they did. They didn't think inflation would uh, run as hot. Therefore, uh, they didn't account for what was it, an additional 20, 30, 40 billion that, the that would have to come out of the treasury to pay back the Bank of England for the losses on the asset side of their balance sheet due to those higher interest rates. So moving down the article, the, the Bank of England losses on bonds bought to shore up the UK. Okay, we talked about that. Uh, their QE program ran from 2009 to 2022. 
uh, it was designed. I like how they always talk about it was designed or it's meant to do this as if that's what really happens in, in when it's implemented, right? They're implying that the intentions match up with the results. And as you guys know, just using common sense, I mean, how often does the government state that the policy has this intention and it does the complete opposite? I would say 90% of the time, maybe 99% of the time. So the BOE took on $895 billion. That's pounds, so roughly the same in dollars, a little bit more in dollars, I think, onto the asset side of their balance sheet. And again, when those interest rates go up, the value plummets. However, the central bank began unwinding that position late last year, initially through halting reinvestments, maturing assets, and then by actively selling. Oh, wow, geez. So this is another difference between what the Bank of England is doing and the Fed. The Fed, through their QT process, are they're just letting the bonds mature. I think they might be selling some mortgage-backed securities. I can't recall. I, I know I did a video on that a couple of months ago. But um, from what I understand, with the treasuries, they're just allowing those to mature. So they're not actively just selling them. Uh, they're just maturing. And therefore, when they mature, the balance in the TGA goes down by that amount. And then the asset side, which is a liability on the Fed's balance sheet, and the asset side goes down by the same amount. So they're shrinking their balance sheet. But it looks like the BOA is taking it, BOE, excuse me, is taking it one step further where they're actually allowing these assets to mature and they're actively selling them at the same time. This process of selling them is basically putting them in the exact same position as Silicon Valley Bank. No different. Silicon Valley Bank had to sell their bonds, treasuries, and at a massive haircut. And they went bust as a result. And exact same thing happening to the Bank of England. They're having to sell or choosing to sell those bonds. They're taking a massive haircut. And instead of going bust, they're most likely just going to pillage the taxpayer, both the treasury. But but again, it's, it's not just about the taxpayer, because if they add more and more supply, since the pound is not the global reserve currency, that could dramatically impact the long end of their curve. Because, you know, we have this huge advantage. Most people think it's just because people use dollars. And whatnot. It, it's more so because treasuries are really the collateral that's used for the entire global monetary system, for the most part. A gilts, eh, not so much. So the supply-demand dynamics will be impacted to a much greater degree based on what's happening in the domestic economy. Where here in the United States, the, what, what's going on in the domestic economy, it really, sure, that's a cross-current, but that's not the biggest cross-current. That's not the biggest cross-current at play. The biggest cross-current at play with the dollar and the uh, interest rates on the treasuries is what's happening in the global monetary system. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. 
So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. If the BOE needs to be paid by the treasury for all these losses, that means the treasury will have to issue more gilts than they otherwise would, means more supply, same demand, the price goes down, interest rate goes up, which further puts downward pressure on the economy in the UK. So uh, they go on to talk about these losses. They say, however, the pace at which a central bank has had to tighten monetary policy to detain inflation means the cost of riven. Okay, yep, so we went over that. So far, they've had to move 30 billion. I got my little handy highlighter tool now. Super excited about that. <laughs> so looks like they've had to move 30 billion from their treasury over. So that means there's an additional 30 billion worth of gilts that will have to be sold. And uh, that could increase interest rates even further at the long end of their curve or based, you know, I don't know what maturities they're selling. So they talk about interest rates. Okay, yeah, we got that. A twofold hit. So Emojin Bakra, head of UK rates strategy at NatWest said the hit to public finances and therefore the government's coffers is twofold. On one hand, QT loses money because the treasury takes the BOE's losses when gilts are sold at a lower price and paid. Uh, this was expected. Okay. Exactly what we just discussed. The BOE bought bonds in a falling rate environment due to disinflation while success, quote unquote, was to be defined by reflation, higher rates. So I think he's just talking about the doom loop there that the higher they have to raise rates due to quote unquote reflation and them having success, because remember they're always battling deflation, always battling deflation, uh, the success in their battle with disinflation and